gotta take you have to take one quarterback that's playing tonight for the next two years. Who are you taking? Deshaun Watson. Bryce Young. Oh, fuck, dude. This is bad. <laughs> I mean, they're all really bad. I, dude, I, I'm probably going to go with Bryce Young just for the obvious, but just because of the, the age, but that's it. Yeah, welcome back to the Upside Play. Brought to you by RoyalRetros.com. I'm with Maher, Vince, and Patrick today. Shout out to Patty. He played pretty well in his uh, softball tournament this weekend. Mm-hmm. Actively active. The only one of us out of Boy Pat. Yep. Thank you, I thank sat you. my ass on the couch for about 12 hours on Sunday. It was beautiful. Shout out Scott Hansen. Um, we're talking the first two weeks of NFL football. We had, um, I mean, surprises and disappointments everywhere, but I, I think that there's a, a couple key ones that we'll hone in on that's front and center right now. Nick Chubb just went down, which is a bummer. Monday night's taken two of the NFL's best, sadly. Mm-hmm. It was the grossest injury I've seen in a long time. I feel like it's kind of been the past couple of years they've started to really not show the injuries, but yeah. Joe Buck was distraught on the mm-hmm. uh, on the call tonight. He he said that in no way, shape, or form are they going to even think about showing that one. So yeah, it, it was ugly. And like live, I didn't think it was that bad. You saw him grab his knee, and then Joe Buck was like, "Yeah, we're being told to not show it because it's that bad." And then you just rushed to Twitter, and everyone's replaying it on their TV, and that's how you know it was that bad. Yeah, we we go, I don't understand how that person had a, a good angle, but we saw a good angle of what happened, and it literally looked like his like a, an injury that you see, and you wouldn't be surprised if a guy doesn't walk again. It, You're it not supposed so to bend ugly. like that. Yeah. Um, shout out, Mar. Yeah, I don't know if I got him because I got him on my fantasy football team, but I think he'll be back in a couple of weeks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm counting on it. He's sticking on that roster. No one cares about our fantasy teams, but Maher somehow drafted David Montgomery, Nick Chubb, and Cam Akers. So he's, he's off to a hot start right now. That's tough. That's just tough. Um, Vince, you, you guys had an ugly one yesterday. Me and Patty yeah. are 2-0. Uh-huh. Um, the Bills just stomped you guys into the ground. Yeah, I mean, when the schedule came out and you saw the Bills in week two, you knew you were going to lose. But then when the Bills lost in week one, and you're like, oh, shit, they're just going to use this as a punching bag all Sunday. That's exactly what happened. I mean, Josh Allen could not have been a different player than he was on that Monday night. Um, so for all you Bills fans, you're welcome for letting your quarterback get good again. So if he wins MVP, I'm, I'm, we're responsible for it. James Cook as well. I mean, I don't know if mm-hmm. you guys were – expecting to have a, a bad run defense and I can't really comment Always. On if it if it is a bad run defense but James Cook had like 7.2 yards per carry and like 140 yards what sucks with him though is they take him out the second they get in the red zone for guys yeah. like Latavius Murray which sucks because Latavius Murray got a touchdown Damian Harris got a touchdown and yeah I mean I think I saw a tweet like Cook's over he's on pace for over 135 touches but zero touchdowns it's insane <laughs> They just take him out the second they get in the red zone. Well, Latavius Murray, the past three years, has just landed on a random team and poached away fantasy points. Oh, as he could. Eagles, I mean, my thoughts on the Eagles, State of the Union. I, I think that they're still a consensus top three team, but not really expecting them to look as they have so far. Um, lackluster offensively. Yeah, it's surprisingly, if you, if you look back to last season, they were a little similar last season where um, – with exception of that Vikings game last season where uh, Darius Slate shut down 
Justin Jefferson. But besides that, all their other games, you know, they flashed potential, but they really didn't play their, their best of ability, and they just snuck away with some wins that they probably had business losing. But, like, this year I'm seeing the same thing, you know, like the talent's there, but I'm just a little worried if they're bigger issues. You know, like the talent on offense is there. I'm not worried about the offense. The O-line looked shaky the first game. They looked good this last game. Um, the run game clearly has the potential to be good. The defense, you know, is pretty he's, – he's been holding it down for being a first-year defensive coordinator for that franchise. But the offensive play calling just has me really worried. I don't know if Brian Johnson's going to be able to, one, cook up four quarters of decent offensive football, or if he's going to be able to come up with creative plays to play from behind. He seems a little too conservative. And then it just seems like injuries is – it's not the way we wanted to start this year. You know, we got Avante Maddox. Looks like he's going to be out for the season. Um, our safeties are beat up. Our Kenny Gainwell is out. And then – or not Kenny – yeah, Kenny Gainwell is out. And then um, – Rashad Penny, Boston Scott both got hurt last week, you know, so a little concerned. Yeah, a little concerned about uh, our health issues and offensive coordinator, uh, you know, his play calling. But really, besides that, you know, that's why we built depth. We got an easy schedule. So that's some reassurance over the next few weeks that we have that time to figure it out. But yeah, Yeah, it's kind of nice that you'll walk into the playoffs pretty rest assured. You know, I I can't imagine not walking in. Three two and O teams, you know. I know it's e- it's early, but three two and O teams in the NFC East right now. So, Might yeah, have. I mean, good segue. The I don't think any teams looked as dominant as the Cowboys have. They have yeah. just blown people out. Defense looks really really tough right now. Uh, Micah playing at the level that I think most expected him to play at. Do, do they worry you at all? Uh, no, not yet. Not yet. I think you know. Yeah, they've looked great, but they put 40 against a team that put up, what, 28 and a half. Arizona put 28 and a half against them last week. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're they're beating probably, like, the most depressed team in football this last week. You know, that's probably going to need a couple games to come back to, you know, come back from what's happened to them. But um, I'd like to see them with some real – with a, with a real solid matchup. I don't know how early that's coming. It might be the Niners is the earliest that we'll see it. Uh, when do you guys yeah, play? Yeah, we play them week five. Yeah, so that might be the first time they see it, but um, I just like to see them with a tougher team just now. I'm still not super high on them. Yeah, I wouldn't say bailout, you know, but I mean, having not to play Aaron Rodgers in week two and then the Giants offensive line just completely being a turnstile week one. um, Yeah, it was was kind of a no contest in both of them, but they have looked impressive. Uh, I I think they've looked the most impressive. I don't know. It's, It's hard to tell. It's only two weeks. We're, we're talking biggest disappointments and surprises so far through the season. Vince, we'll start with you. What team has surprised you or doesn't have to be team player or whatever, uh, but what, what's kind of been a shocker so far through the first two? Um, I know they lost Sunday, but I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Rams. Um, they look like an actual football team. Mm-hmm. And when Cooper Cup went down, we thought that it was just a foregone conclusion that they were going 0-17. I brought up <laughs> I brought up how the defense is terrible. And they've played okay. I mean, they put up 20 against San Francisco. The game was close for a little bit. Um, but at that point, you knew San Francisco was just going to come in and, and do what San Francisco does. But um, we brought up San Francisco. And from a fantasy standpoint, do you know the two, the three top scoring fantasy players? Tyreek Hill is one. Puka Nakua is two. And the Dallas Cowboys defense is three. 
So <laughs> that just tells you Puka Nakua has the most catches of all time within a rookie's first two games at 25. Number two is 19, Eric Cooper. He looks great. The Matt Stafford looks great, even though he has one touchdown on the year. But that team, once they get, you know, Cooper cut back, uh, they trade away Cam Akers to Cleveland, and um, and Kyron Williams takes it. I, th- I think they could be a solid team. I don't think they'll be a playoff team, but in week seven and week eight and week nine, you can see them beat like legit teams and and play spoiler down the stretch. I think it's fair to assume that, that I don't know the the Rams that how they've looked so far. They look they're performing at a top twelve pace yeah. in the NFL for sure. And against um, two good teams, yeah, not a fluke team. Two teams that most expected to be in the playoffs yep. this year. Um, I, I think a lot of people are going to talk about Puka, um, and very deservingly so. He has the most targets in the NFL, most receptions in the NFL. Uh, I mean, he's just been in a, a different weight class than anybody ever anticipated. Um, he, he did have some preseason buzz going into it. I remember texting him pissed off. <laughs> he took him in a random dynasty league. but I He mean, has I think- to be the only guy that fantasy Twitter was right about after the sixth round. Yeah, has to be the only guy anyone they've been right about. Because it happens every year, and he actually uh, he actually made it happen, or has so far. Um, I, I think the Rams. There's just two key common denominators every year, and if Matt Stafford's healthy and Sean McVay's engaged, they're just a good football team. Yeah, uh, I think they are the best coach football team in the league right now. Obviously, very early, and we're going to say that a lot is very early. But you, McVay and Stafford as a tandem, they they just have such a high IQ. Um, they, I don't know if anybody was able to watch Colorado versus Colorado state, but the announcers just kept on saying, they're like, Oh, like the soft coverage is getting dominated. They're doing shallow crosses and little curl routes and Colorado refuses to step up. That's what happened with the 49ers for the first Mm -hmm. 40 minutes of that game. They just refused to step up and Puka kept on taking advantage of it. Matt Stafford, when he got pressured 22 times, had a crazy good completion rate. If, If he didn't have those two late picks, I mean, we're, possibly talking about a 2-0 Rams team against yeah. consensus playoff team. So I, I totally agree. I think they've been the most impressive team, the most top-to-bottom kind of jumper. Um, any disappointments that we have on here, Patty? Yeah, we go with the Bengals. Uh, yeah. I think the 0-2 start is not what they were expecting, especially after Joe signed his contract extension. Uh, I didn't really get to watch a lot of the game yesterday but that week one game was just so ugly against the browns nothing was clicking on offense for them they could joe couldn't get the ball to the playmakers could have been the weather could have been the scheme but i don't know i'm not necessarily a big zach taylor fan seems like the defense has been holding them pretty well um they placed a pretty uh tough ravens team even without um jk dobbins you know and and Mm -hmm. uh some a lot of injuries. injuries. Yeah, a lot of injuries on that team. It seemed like they always Marlon have Humphrey. injuries on that team. Yeah, like it, it's a CVS receipt. But the, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I just I just don't I don't I hope they figure it out soon. Um, it's it, I think the league is more fun when Joe is lighting it up. Oh yeah. But it's it's not looking good for them right now. And um, I out of all the teams that I think that we think are disappointments, I do think they are the ones to turn it around the best. I mean, it took it took Joe Burrow until what was it? It was in the third quarter of Week Mm -hmm. Two with two minutes left. That was when Joe Burrow got his first passing touchdown this year. Yeah, it's nuts. I mean, the the offense in general they got bailed out by a a punt return. Yeah, they were stagnant in the first half against the Ravens too, and you could kind of see that flip the switch moment in the second half with them. 
Um, and Lamar just ended up being too much in the, in the long run, but it, it is a concern. I definitely agree. I think they're up there for one of the most disappointing teams. Did anybody else have any other teams out there that might well, fit the bill here? I just yeah. wanted to touch on the Bengals just real quick. And Joe reaggravated the calf injury. So if I'm, if I'm the Bengals fans, I'm, I'm kind of getting a little panicked here about, is he going to miss time? The games against Monday against the aforementioned Rams team. That's looking good. I don't know if he can, they, can they really start 0-3? Is Joe really going to miss that game? Uh, it, it's it's going to be a weird season for them if with that calf, if that calf injury um, just keeps lingering. Yeah, Mara, you had a you had a disappointment here. No, yeah, I, I mean I wanted to just touch base on that too. Is I'm pretty sure the the Rams struggled early on last year as well, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm just curious what you guys like think. Does it get to a point to where is it is it more of preparation issue with franchises you know you could it tie into like not you know sitting your guys in the preseason or something like that like i guess one like when do you see like a consistent issue and consider it a franchise problem and two do you think it's just like still just rust you know i think I with, mean, the bang, with the Bengals, it would i think that early injury to joe really mm-hmm. was impactful in the slow start and when those guys aren't getting reps, I know that they've been to, you know, the Super Bowl, they made deep playoff runs the last couple of years, but you still have time off and you still need to restart that. And you can't, you can't, you sometimes just can't pick up where you left off and they need that time. And when Joe was out for a couple of weeks, not really throwing the ball too much, trying to nurse that calf back. I think that hurt them a lot. And also, like I said too, I don't like Zach Taylor. I don't think he's a good coach. And I don't think that he adapts to, to, uh, you know, adversity very well on the field. And I don't know. I I think he, I think this team would be a lot worse if it wasn't for Joe and the weapons that they have. I also, I do think it's Russ. The quarterback that started all three preseason games isn't even on the team anymore. So whatever chemistry and whatever reps they got with that quarterback, he's not even fucking there. So how can you expect to have that kind of timing with Joe when he comes back when it's kind of a turnstile quarterback behind him? Yeah, I mean, from a 49ers fan, you know, I, I've seen guys hold out through training camp the past couple of years and the rust factor comes in. Uh, yeah, that's Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it. Talk about rust yeah. factor, huh? Jeez, this guy ran backwards. It's um, but yeah, I, I think that it, you know, the training camp's massive. And also with the 49ers, we, this is the first year in a long time we've started off 2 0. We've been, yeah, we've had some pretty ugly seasons under Kyle Shanahan to begin with. Um, and they always get it rolling. So I think to Patrick's point, it, this year kind of is going to be a testament to Zach Taylor. Um, everything has been put in his favor. And so he's got to make it work with this unit. And they have a talented roster. Offensive line still just seems like a problem. I mean, Lael Collins getting getting, uh, released was kind of a shocker to me. Uh, I I don't know. It just feels like no matter what, Joe Burrow is going to have these lingering injuries because they just can't protect the guy. Uh, It kind of ties in. It's weird. I mean, we're Bay Area sports fans like – Steve Kerr had Steph Curry, and he would lean on Steph, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond to kind of carry him. And I think Zach Taylor did that with Burrow, Higgins, and Chase for a little while. And now things aren't going well, and I think I think the microscope's going to be on him to kind of see, is he actually the guy or is it just the players that he has around him? 
Uh, speaking of various sports teams, go to RailRetros.com. Candlestick Collection just dropped. Um, Ooh, tons wow. of different uh, various sporting gear on Instagram, on the website. Uh, plenty, plenty of stuff. And it's a, a new line dedicated to uh, Dusty and his late grandfather. So go run that Ooh, up. Nice. Candlestick Chronicles. Fuck, I keep saying Chronicles. Collection. Shout out. Uh, what's that brewery, Pat? Cooperage. Cooperage. Um, on the same right. page. I love it. <laughs> yeah. well, other disappointments, Mar. I think you had one down there. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I just I want to talk about the Chargers. You know, like I, yeah. I know they had that 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 game in that game against Miami. You know, it's just it's one of those games. You know, it's kind of whoever has the ball last. Kind of, you know, like it's shootout. Un- understandable, you know. Um, but you know, especially this game against the Titans right now, you would expect a team that has you know they've had this quarterback, they've had this coach. They got these weapons around them for so long. You know, they're a veteran team, you know. So, yeah, they're two close games, but they're both games that you would assume a veteran team with a veteran coach would would win, you know. And the – what's his name with the running back? I don't know why I'm putting on his name. Austin Eckler. Uh, I don't know if he's he's hurt or something like that, but I think they've been more or less on the healthier side. So it's just a little surprising to see that they can't – you know, they can't win these games. And I guess, you know, that will go a little bit closer, like franchising – coaching too you know at the end of the day you just have to you just have to win those close games and they historically have lost a lot of them yeah austin eckler i just saw a tweet earlier today it says he has no timetable for return i think brandon staley said that and so it's i mean i hate to be the tinfoil hat guy but it's just floating around i mean the the guy's massively underpaid he was part of the RB Zoom. You see another running back go down today. I mean, I think Austin Eckler truly feels no incentive to be on the football field right now because unless he gets that contract extension, which he most likely won't get. Um, but, yeah, un, no timetable to return from the head coach. That's just not a promising thing. Reminiscent of Anthony Rendon, actually, over with the Angels right mm. now. Um, but the Chargers in general, you mentioned the shootout week one. Week two, he had – plenty of opportunities down by one score to, you know, go down, make a statement. And it, I asked this before the season, who was the head coach that was on the hot seat and could be fired first. I think Brandon Staley has just jumped very high up those. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. I mean, yeah, I agree. Two and zero. I mean, own two. Um, we saw the last three years. I thought he should have been fired at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, he blew it what 27 0 lead in the playoffs, and he's still there. Um, he, he, I don't think he's a good coach either, kind of like the Zach Taylor with Pat. I don't know why he's still there, but I think I give him before their bye week. I don't even know what the bye week is, but he's gone before then. Yeah, I'll check yeah, they're, they're uh, they just can't close games. I don't yeah. know, like, if that's a game planning issue or or what, but it's. <clears throat> It just always seems that they're fighting for their life at the end of games, trying to reclaim their lead or, you know, get that win. And and we saw that, especially these last two weeks. And, yeah, I it's so sad just to see Justin Herbert just be balling, balling out, like throwing, throwing his arm off, like trying to get this team a win. And they just can't close. And I think that goes down to a, like a game plan and, and coaching issues. So I hope. I hope they make a change because they that defense, if you kind of look at it, it's a little bit older, and I don't think that uh, it could really, really hold up. I guess for the window that they have uh, 
you know, like at least these offensive weapons. And so, yeah, it's closing for sure. It's, it's closing for them. Yeah. It, which sucks is because they were never there, but to begin with, but you, we just see the team on paper and it should be so good, but on the field, they're just not executing. I mean, ugly stats from that game. Ryan Tannehill ended up going 20 of 24 against them, which is insane. No turnovers. Um, no, no turnovers, too, is actually the wildest thing. No, the wildest thing is in 2023, Nick Folk kicked a game winner. I mean, it's nuts. Um, another disappointing team. There's eight 0-8 teams right now. It could be nine, depending on the finish. Of, oh, wait, no, there, I think there is nine now that the Panthers, so it could be ten. Um, 0-2 teams? 0-2 teams. I think another kind of surprising one for me, well, uh, actually, I want to talk about the Cardinals because they're not surprising, but I think they perfected the tank in a sense. <laughs> um, they have looked phenomenal in both games. And then it, it feels like a Buffalo Wild Wings commercial where they just phone in and they're like, all right, guys, we actually need to lose mm-hmm. this one. So, reminiscent of the Jaguars a couple of years ago, actually, after Minshew Mania. Um, it feels like the Cap- Cardinals, they're dominating the first halves of these games and like showing that they have it. And they're like, all right, guys, we, we need Caleb Williams. We need the two top three picks because they have Houston's. Um, I, I think that the Cardinals have definitely perfected the tank. And the Bucks have been a surprise for me. Yeah, I mean, going to the Cardinals, it's like all the players that you want to play well and like that they're looking at to see if they're part of the future are playing very well. And then once it gets to that crunch time, they're like, okay, let's take the foot off. We see what we need to see. And then we end up taking the L, which is really a W in their book. So, um, damn, they're going to have two top three picks in that draft. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, Houston looks like they're going to be down there, a, a bottom yeah. feeder. Everybody's hurt on that team, so you can't really pick on them. Did you I know think... C.J. Stroud is leading the NFL in passing? Yeah, he hasn't thrown Passing yards? Yeah, or something like I mean, he's, he threw the ball like 40 times last night or last week. Or this oh, week. maybe pass attempts. Yeah, he's insane. I think... They just well, can't score points. Fun Tua stat. He's on pace for – I did the, the math earlier today. I think Tua's on pace for 6,077 6, yards this year. I'm going to smash the under. <laughs> uh, the the guy just uh he's he's just finding every insane. open player yeah he's, he's insanely efficient the bears were my other disappointment that uh i, I got a little brain rattled on yeah um, ju- yeah two tough teams i mean they, they definitely didn't play pushovers by any means and that's why i think leading with the Bengals was the correct move for pat because the Bengals were favored in both of those games they lost but the Bears losing to the Packers at home, which I know for a lot of Bears fans is probably the biggest game they've had outside of the playoff game in like a decade, um, trying to beat the Packers at home. And they got smoked. And then they go to Tampa Bay, a game that they thought is very winnable. Justin Fields needs to prove he can bounce back. And boy, did he not bounce back. Um, very very easily could have had four turnovers. He fumbled the ball twice. He had two picks. Uh it just hasn't looked good. It feels like they're not going to let him run this year either. They really want him to evolve in the pocket. So it it could be dark days for Bears fans that were expecting Justin Fields after, I think, 20 starts now to really turn it around and prove his worth. Thoughts yeah. on the Bears? Do you yeah. think he's the guy there? Like, honestly. You know, I thought so at first. And then I'm watching some highlights today. You know, those highlights that they'll show from the point of view of the quarterback, you know? Yeah. And they showed maybe, I don't know, five or six plays. And like the open reads that he completely missed, and the the pockets that he totally like just just pockets where he was sitting in there for five or six seconds, 
no outside contain whatsoever and he just scrambles and runs right into the yeah. pocket and just like runs into a sack are just very concerning plays you know it seems like the game's going like it should be slower for him by now and he's looking like a quarterback where the game is not slow for him at all I I also don't think Elber Flus is a good coach that I think we all kind of like at that time the hire wasn't good yeah and especially I think he they needed somebody with a little bit like more experience as a head coach when bringing in a young quarterback like that that's why I like have a little bit of hope in like Frank Reich I mean I don't necessarily think that he I think he's better as an offensive guy more so than a whole head yeah. head coach but you know like the idea is that you get somebody who who's been there for a while and I just think that that it's kind of detrimental and it doesn't help that they suck I've always said that <laughs> quarterbacks quarterbacks going into awful situations is not like the best and that and I just can't believe that Trevor Lawrence got out of it like Doug Peterson it's like he owes him his life yeah He's kind of the so, example that people are going to throw at you too. Yeah, I know, and, and it sucks. But I mean, if you look at history, it like all these other quarterbacks in the past. I mean, it's very rare that uh, they make it out, and they do, and they have good, like, successful NFL careers. So Fields has had twenty-seven career starts. He has a fifty-nine point nine percent completion percentage, thirty-six total touchdowns, thirty-one turnovers. And has been sacked 101 times in 27 yeah, games. I don't think he's just trust. I know he can trust his legs, but he does, they don't want him to run. So he can't doesn't have time to throw. So what is he supposed to do? I think I just don't think he's trusting his arm, and he's definitely not trusting that offensive line. So he's just kind of in that David Carr range of I'm getting dropping back or I'm getting sacked or the ball's pick six. So I don't think he's just trusting himself right now. Do you know what his average yards per game is? Does it say that on there? I feel like it has uh, to be- had to be less than 160. Or something, you know. Let me see. Uh, Fifteen, but I would assume like no more than like one sixty. I'll get that number right now. One sixty-five and a half. One sixty-five and a half. Damn, you guys are really close. That's a good line, right? Damn. There. <laughs> yeah, I I've heard a lot of people say Trustman um, when they're talking about Everfields. <laughs> so I I really yeah, think that. Of. If the Eagles could find a way to blend their play calling in with what the Bears are doing, because the Eagles are running a quarterback draw for Jalen Hurts every seven plays, and yeah. the Bears are acting like Justin Fields is prime Joe Montana. So it, there just needs to be like an immersion somewhere along the line there. Uh, it's They need to let the guy run the ball. I mean, I get yeah. that it's like a risk factor for your young QB, but like a stagnant offense is going to be demoralizing and it's going to get the fan base against you. And you, at some point, you know, you, you have to go out there and try to win a game for your fans that kind of develop your quarterback at the same time. And I think it is possible, but not letting him use his legs and forcing him into those kind of situations, like Maher said, where he feels like he needs to go out and try to make the right read. And then it gets too late. He's not processing the field. I mean, it's just going to be super demoralizing after a certain point. Uh, Buccaneers. I do want to, cap off with them um maybe if you guys have any other questions regarding you know the first two weeks we'll get into that but the bucks i, I think have been a very very pleasant surprise um they were in two close games um both of them were i mean the vikings week one i don't think a lot of people gave the bucks a shot i'm in a couple survivor leagues where you know you have to pick the right team mm-hmm. and move on um vikings screwed a lot of people week one lost a lot of people money shout out greg um 2017 loss for the Vikings. Baker Mayfield is, uh, he's not looked like an elite quarterback per se, but he hasn't turned the ball over. He has three touchdowns and he's been pretty efficient. Um, sorry for 
Kyle Trask truther in the room, but it, it just is what it is. He's, he's hit a couple of big deep balls. One to Mike Evans last week. That was a definite game changer and their defense is ferocious. I think very clearly the best defense in that division. Yeah. I mean, the, it, I'm kind of just chalking it up to playing Minnesota and Chicago, but two and zero, and Baker's look better than I think he has since he came in the NFL. He's looking good. He's looking comfortable and he knows where he wants to go with the ball. He knows where they want to go with the ball. So I think this team might just keep on rolling. And we kind of brought it up earlier in the division uh, podcast, like that defense was going to kind of carry them. And if that offense followed, then great. And it, that's kind of what's going on right now. The fun thing about the Bucks is Pack will get to talk some shit over the next couple of weeks as they play some deadly defenses. They go Philly, New Orleans, basically a bye week with – or then a bye week, actually. That's funny. And then um, Detroit, kind of weak defense, Atlanta, Buffalo. So they, they're going to have their work cut out for them. And we're, yeah. we're going to know what this team's all about real yeah. soon. How long does uh, Baker Mania last, Pat? Honestly, he's – he's unless he goes down to injury, he's going to be there the whole time. But <laughs> – I mean, is, is brings up the debate: Is a zero line better than what uh, Deshaun Watson? <laughs> <right now? laughs> yeah, the people, the people are going to ask more. questions. Um, what what anything we missed here, guys? I, I mean, I kind of I kind of just wanted to bring up. I know they lost their quarterback, but I kind of want to bring up the New York Jets. I know they went against that Dallas defense, but the leading rusher of that game was Zach Wilson with five attempts for thirty six yards, and he actually led the team in attempts. I don't think that – they went 12 for 27, 170 with three interceptions. That team is too talented to help only score 10 points. I don't care if it's against the Dallas defense. They need to do something. They need to f- trade for Jameis or do something big to keep that fan base that's been sad for ever. And they have – this is the one time they got hope, and now Zach Wilson's back in there. It's sad. That defense is still good. There's just too many – talented players to be this bad i i don't even know if you can restore hope i think they they would have to go like Tannehill or Kirk cousins i think those are yeah. the only two ways that they can restore hope and i don't know if either of those teams are willing to let go of those guys maybe yeah. the titans but um yeah it's uh it's grim days you, you gotta feel for jets fans the four snaps is insane yeah it's it's they're just too like Sauce doesn't deserve this. Quinton Williams doesn't deserve this. Garrett Wilson doesn't deserve it. Robert Sala really doesn't deserve it because I actually like him now. I think he's a great coach. But Zach Wilson is just how many how many chances kind of are we going to give him? My my last note that I on had on here was Bijan. Um, him. He's real. Damn it. Him. He's real. Yeah. Uh, he's so shifty. Um, he's. Yards after contact every single time he gets the ball. He has the most 10-plus yard carries in the NFL right now. The most yards from scrimmage for a running back besides Christian McCaffrey. And the guy has been dynamite, and all that team does is run the ball. I mean, we, we saw a glimpse of throwing to the wide receiver with Desmond Ritter um, this week, but they are just pounding the rock every single play. And we all kind of thought, you know, a team that isn't built to play from behind, fourth-quarter hey. comeback. Really, really nice. Matt Collins is him. I've been trying to tell you. Matt Collins is him. And they took away that touchdown from Matt Collins. That was insane. That was a touchdown. I don't care what they say. It's a touchdown. I hate that rule. Thoughts on the um, fumble out of the back of the end zone? I think it's ridiculous people are complaining about that. I agree. I think it's ridiculous people are complaining about that. And that's not just because, you know, like it's – 
I don't know. What's what's the problem? You know, I think it's one of the rare <laughs> wins that the defense really the gets. It's a, it is one of the rare wins the defense gets, and I think a yeah. lot of people say so it should go down at the one, but it's a touchback, yeah. so it yeah. brings it out to the twenty. Um, yeah, but I, I do personally hate that rule. It's made me very sad. Well, that's because recently your former quarterback abused it. Mm-hmm. I think there should be yeah. a penalty, or not a penalty, actually, but you know, it's something that takes away from fumbling that close to the goal line. Like it's such an essential part. Of, it's you hold the ball when you're that close, you know. So I like that there's a repercussion. I do kind of wish that maybe the opposing team got the ball back, or the, the team that fumbled through the end zone, maybe they get the ball at the twenty-five. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it goes back for them. I'd be okay yeah. with it. I would honestly okay. be okay with it, but. Yeah, there just needs to be a negative repercussion regardless. Yeah, like, yeah. You can't just fumble the ball through the back of the end zone and have it go to the one. That's yeah. yeah, I like that. Um, all right, anything else? Not yet. You know, I just wanted to say that I think that the Vikings, I was so right about the fraud team. Um, <laughs> yeah. They're not going to be good this year. I wonder if they if they move Kirk Cousins and look look a different way. Only an $8 million trade cap hit if it happens. Yeah. I I think the only way it happens is if they trade him to the Jets, and the Jets would the have to way. offer a nice piece. One yeah. of those first round pick swaps that if he plays a certain amount of snaps or whatever, I think that could get it done. But if they're not going to do anything with that defense, then they might as well just go home. Like it's it's Swiss cheese. Like they're they're not, and it doesn't help that their quarterback is turnover prone now. It's just I would be yeah. upset if I was Justin Jefferson. So what happens when you give up Duke Shelley? Sure. And they kind of have a gauntlet too. I mean, they go Chargers, then Panthers, but then the Chiefs within the next. So there's a there's a chance that the Vikings are starting off this year like a legit chance that they're one and four to start off the year. That's kind of trade your pretty solid quarterback territory. I feel. Yeah. Um, they're taking from Marvin Harrison. <laughs> yeah, Marvin Harrison and Justin and Jefferson. My goodness. <laughs> Finish with the Niners too. I, I'm very happy with the Niners. I was pretty pissed off during this last week's game just how they were calling defense but steve wilkes did what D'Amico did so many times last year and he made a great second half adjustment and so promising to look at for us oh my god i thought i thought that the adversity that they had uh during that game was good for them uh they kind of coasted through pittsburgh in my opinion and then um Oh yeah, TJ Watt. Should... Yeah, everybody's oh locked goodness. on the TV here. TJ Watt is the front runner for defensive Animal. player of the year. He's a God. monster. He's on a revenge tour for sure. It's so it is, dude. I mean, we saw a stat today. TJ Watt somehow in this decorated historical defensive team franchise wise, TJ Watt has the most sacks, and he's like twenty eight years old. Yeah, in franchise history for the Steelers. James Harrison had 177 games to get to the 80 and a half, and JJ Watt got to got that TJ. in 89. Or TJ got that in 89. Insane. I mean, he has a he, touchdown here too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's his second defensive score. touchdown today. Man, he scored yeah. more points than the offense. Yeah, and Kenny Pickett too. I mean, while we're talking about Justin Fields, I, I had to bring up Kenny Pickett. Terrible. I mean. That I, saw, I tweeted it out earlier, but there was just like a frame by frame they did of the the Steelers crowd after the nine seventeen zero. It was just everybody with blank faces, and that's kind of every Steelers fan after every game yeah. they rep. I mean, he he's just looked really really bad this year. Oh, I'm sorry. Back to San Francisco. Christian McCaffrey played 100 percent of snaps. 
concerned. Yeah, the what are you doing? I, that is concerning. I know he's good. I know you want your best players on the field, blah, blah, blah. But that's Christian McCaffrey. What did they say he the first, but before week one? Where, where they wanted he, to limit him. Yeah, yeah they're going to ease him in. Bullshit. <laughs> I'll tell you this, though. Fucking true fantasy 101, that guy. He's an yeah. all-star. He looks good right now. Yeah. He's a monster. I mean, and he's just like running through people too. It's not yeah. just like shifty Christian McCaffrey that we've seen before. Pass catcher make you miss. He put Akella Witherspoon. He like yeah. picked him up yeah. by his like. Yeah. He's a he's a monster. He's hitting dude. people like Damian Pearson or Ramondre Stevenson would be hitting people, and he ain't that big. So yeah. it's very concerning that he's on the field that much. But hey, he looks healthy. He looks very healthy. Who, who do you guys have next week? You guys, who do you guys have next week? The Giants, Giants on Thursday night. Thursday. Giants Thursday without night. Saquon, without Saquon, so we should beat him by fifty. Unless yeah. the Giants pay him, right? Then he'll be in the game. <laughs> well, I, I have a feeling that it's going to be a Darren Waller game. It's kind of like that fat suit with James Harden. Once he gets his money, the fat suit comes off. <laughs> do you guys play on Monday night again, uh, Mar? Eagles, huh? Against the Bucks. Oh, I don't know. Eagles, Eagles Bucks, four fifteen. All right, we're, we're going to do Guess yes. That Line. Everybody get off your phone. Uh, we'll get out of here with Guess That Line. We will start with, this is a fun one next week, the Falcons at the Lions. Oh, I know Guess this one already. Line. Damn, you already saw it? No, Good I didn't. Speed. I listened right. to a podcast. This is very surprising. Lion, Lions minus three. Patty. Yeah. Lions minus one. Pat, Mar was exactly right. Three yeah. and a half. Good adjustment there last second. Chargers at Vikings. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going Chargers seven and a half. Can I say over 52? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, I'll read off the over under two, but what's the spread on that I'll, one? I'll probably go five Giants. and a half for Chargers. You yeah. said, sorry, Chargers at Vikings. At Minnesota? Yeah. Let's say Chargers minus two. Minnesota minus two and a half. Interesting. It was even. Um, over under is 54. Oh, wow. 54. 54. Ooh, 54. Um, no defense oh. being played. Oh, here's a fun one. But I will go under. We're going to do the Patriots at the New York Jets. Patriots that's just, minus three. Believe that's it. screaming it over and under of 38 and a half. Patriots, um, minus, Patriots minus two and a half again. <laughs> There's no way that this could be I'm going. Apart. Yeah, Jets one and a half. Jets minus 1.5? Yeah. No, it's uh, Patrick's exactly right. Patriots minus 2.5. Vince is close with the over-under at 38 right now. Oh, 37, sorry. Wow. And then we're going to finish off Under. just a fun one. Cowboys at Cardinals. Uh, Cowboys minus 9. Cowboys 11 minus and a half. Yeah. What did you say, Fat? 13 and a half. Close. It's, Cow- it's Cowboys minus 12.5. Over-unders at 43.5. 43. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm taking the over like, on that. Again, believe it or not. I'm taking the over. like 31-13 or something. Um, Nick Pizzuto is not here today, but, I mean, the guy has to be feeling good right now. His team's 2-0, the Atlanta Falcons. He's 8-1 in our pick-ems. He just re- refuses to stop. Refuses uh, to put his picks in on time as well and just go yeah. to one. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and then we, we actually do there. some of his picks, anyways. So <laughs> it's really credit to us. Well, he is zero two of the ones we do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, go to royalretros.com candlestick collection out now. Bay Area Sports, let's unite. Let's, let's bring the funds in. Fuck Fox. 